Hey everyone. Uh welcome to Street Wisdom, the podcast that works towards translating wisdom to street level application. Um I am Priya Sachdev, your host and the guest for this podcast and we're going to just follow this as a thing for the next couple of episodes i think so let's talk about sales today and it is getting tougher to win in sales um i don't know if it's the big r word or just that uh, there has been a strong headwind for sales in fact interestingly gambling experts say that you are somewhere between 44% to 48% in every single hand of winning playing a game of blackjack and you know what in sales the average win rate is 47% as per a research done by the rain group so odds of winning playing on blackjack and in sales are kind of the same ouch please note i'm not trying to promote gambling and i'm not saying quit your sales job and start um, playing blackjack or gambling uh, all i'm trying to say is that there needs to be strategic thinking on how do we win more in fact the same research which said that uh, 47% is the average win rate also did talk about the fact that the top performers in the research with a very different win percentage in fact close to a 73% so that's what strategy can do right and um, i know we are all always trying to figure out new ways in making our messaging stick and proposal stay so i am sharing with you uh, something i've read a while back but i just think it's important for us to use that more consciously and it's called the ikea effect now just so that we are all on the same page ikea is a do it yourself swiss furniture brand and leading in the global market so kind of we're all familiar with what we do there right you go buy the furniture it comes in flat packaging and you bring it home and it has an instruction manual and you build it together now um this research where it didn't start off being called the ikea effect um actually took on the name much later but what it really talks about is the fact that we as human beings have a cognitive bias in which if we spend time in creating something we value it more so we place a disproportionately high value on products that we partially create um it's been called by different names by different people who've picked up on that research so it could be effort justification uh which kind of demonstrates that the more effort someone put into something the more someone will value it um also uh, there is another researcher who talks about the fact that you know self assembly of products also allows people to feel competent and display evidence of their competence so the idea that they are saving money 
and buying products that require assembly, which made them use their brains, makes them feel like smart shoppers. Um, and, you know, when I first read this research, and I, I, by the way, love buying the IKEA stuff and putting it together, um, I kind of went into this thinking that, is this why I love my IKEA furniture? Um, other than the fact that there are some nice, basic, clean designs. And it could be true, right? Uh, you, we've seen that uh, the amount of money you spend in an IKEA bed or a chair or a sofa, people still lug it around and, you know, make the effort of taking care of it uh, instead of just going to uh, going back to IKEA and buying a new one. So I think some of this research kind of resonated home with me as well. Um, also, uh, there is, you know, if you put focus on the product's positive attributes and the relationship between effort and liking, that's where the IKEA effect kind of plays out. So um, I'm sure now the question in your mind is that, okay, I've heard about the IKEA effect. Sounds like a cool thing. Um, but how do I as a seller or a business owner use this to my advantage? So here are a few things that I've tried that have worked with me. It is really to start to look at what you offer to your clients and think about, you know, are you selling to the customer or are you selling with the customer? And selling with the customer is really involving them in the sales process while you get involved in their buying process, right? So think about this to say, are there opportunities for you to engage your customer in some manner so that they put in effort in creating that product or service which they will eventually buy and use? And I know some of you are thinking, okay, this is easy if you were selling services. How do I do this in product? But you can, and IKEA is a great example that you can, right? So think about uh, application of your product. Think about just if it's not the effort in creating the product, it could be part of your process of getting to the point where they make the purchasing decision. How much have you involved them in believing and co-creating that solution with you? Right. So, uh, like I said, I have used this and some ways that we've done that is working with them when they're defining the scope of work. Right. So instead of giving it on the platter to say, oh, we work with companies like you, we'll tell you how many days, how much effort, blah, blah, blah. We'd work with them and say, all right, let's kind of figure out what would it mean if you were to embed what behaviors you're looking at in your culture. Let's look at what are the other initiatives that you're doing. And instead of giving it to them, uh, asking them to spend time, energy, and resources in building it out with you. In some of our workshops that we do, we also engage the leaders as co-facilitators. And that also builds that accountability because then the leaders feel they put in the effort and this better succeed, right? So uh, think about in your business, what could be elements in your sales process 
in which you can engage with the customer in their buying process. And um, are there opportunities for you to do proof of concept? Because I think proof of concept is a great way in creating the IKEA effect. It's better than giving them a demo, by the way, which some people in the SaaS world love to do. Also, co-creating um, the application of the product, right? So I can't go and change the product each time for you, but we do know people don't buy product services and solutions. They buy what the product service or solution can do for them. So can you talk to what would it do to them and let them kind of put an effort in thinking about that application or customization of your offering. Um, I do know that um, the other word that kind of works in this world is co-creation. I have heard a lot of sales leaders start to talk about this, but I can tell you we don't see it as much in application. But if there is a possibility for you to co-create, be it your proposal, or be it the design of what you're building out, or it could be the application of your product. Try and see how you can engage with, if not all the buyer personas, at least some of them, so that you build their accountability and they put in effort so that they value what you are providing to them. Projects in which we got permission to do discovery, for example, wherein we went out in the field, we took the sales leaders with us, we spent time in unraveling their sales challenges before we sold to them a sales consulting project. It was like a 90% conversion ratio. So possibly the IKEA effect worked there. And uh, honestly, when we came up with that uh, kind of design, I don't think we knew it was called the IKEA effect. But once you know something, you can consciously and intentionally start to use it. So go ahead and look at what you sell to your clients and see if there is an opportunity for you to leverage the IKEA effect. And if you want to know more about it, for sure, go Google it. And I'm sure a few more things will come up that would add value to just this little tickle of the brain that I have done today. And if you like what you heard on the podcast, stay tuned because we are coming up with a series of tips in the next couple of episodes as well. So catch you around and happy selling.